Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Hey, and welcome back to the Tomahawk Take Podcast. We have baseball back, and therefore we are back. And I am your host, Jake Mastriani, and with me as always is Alan. Locked in and loaded. And Fred. I'm in the bullpen. And we are ready to go. Major League Baseball is back with the players and the owners finally coming to an agreement on a new collective bargaining agreement on Thursday late afternoon. And now we are back to the offseason, and we have players reporting this Sunday, March 13th, opening day set for April 7th, which means the Braves will actually open the season at home, and it only took a lockout for that to happen. But the Braves will finally open a season at home. They'll do so against the Cincinnati Reds on April the 7th. So I can't be more excited. It's been a long winter. It's been a rough lockout. It's been a really bad look for the sport in a lot of ways, but they got there. We're getting a full season, which is great. Um, we got a lot of other things, obviously, in this new deal, which we're going to talk about. But, Alan, just first take uh, your thoughts on the lockout and getting things done and getting the season going. I guess I have to say I'm relieved. Uh, I'm I'm pleased. Uh, certainly it didn't have to take this long. Certainly it didn't have to result in the kind of acrimony we saw of getting here or the lockout or anything else like that, but that's the way the process is working, and we just have to, to live with it. What I'm hoping is that we now have a agreement that will stand the test of time a bit. Uh, there's some new things going on there and new elements that uh, we'll have to just wait and see how they actually work in practice. But we had said previously that the players needed to make some progress towards maybe some of their ultimate goals, and I feel that they definitely did so. The owners were trying to tighten the noose to some extent, uh, trying to even lower the collect uh, the the bargaining what do you call that? CBT, <laughs> competitive that. balance tax. Yes, they were trying to lower that at one point, trying to increase penalties, and and that would have been completely counter to what the players wanted. I think to a great extent, players won that deal. 
the ownership wanted a international draft. Looks like that's probably going to happen, but uh, some uh, extra work uh, and overtime is going to be needed on that between now and July 25th. But at least the cooler heads decided that it did not need to hold up the season in order to get that done. So a lot of things uh, coming, a lot of things that we're still going to learn over the next few days. But uh, the the bottom line is baseball's back. And on March 18th, we're going to start seeing some spring training games. Yeah, certainly excited about that. Um, Fred, it's been an up and down past couple of weeks with it looking like players and owners were close to a deal. And then, you know, whether something was thrown into the deal last second or whatnot, it's, you know, really went back and forth. Are you surprised that they actually got a deal done and they were getting a full season in? Because I'll be honest, I've tried to be as optimistic as I can be. But even over the last couple of weeks, I've had times where I think, man, we're not going to get baseball till May. I want to say that from my point of view, I, if the executive committee had had their way, we would still not have an agreement. Uh, what I think happened is that the club reps called the executive reps, you need to vote on something. My, my, my members are unhappy. And if you look at the vote today, the vote was 23 to 12 or something like that. All eight of the executive committee voted against this and were joined by four clubs. The rest of the clubs said, I don't care that you're rich and got millions of dollars. I need that extra $130,000 in my paycheck every year. Sign something. And if they had not done that, in other words, if they had traipsed along with, with the executive committee and the union chief, we would still be out. So congratulations to the young players. They're getting a, getting a pay raise. They're getting more uh, security. They've got the bonus pool, the pre-R bonus pool coming up. The salary jumps to 700000 for a minimum salary, which means we're going to have several players make over a million because it's going to push everybody up the pay scale. The draft lottery is in. They can't send people up and down as often as they can. This is a, a serious win for the young players in the league. And the millionaires can go sit on it as far as they're concerned. Yeah, and, you know, we talked about that going into all of this. You know, the primary goal in all of this should have been to get the youngers, younger players paid, and I definitely think that was achieved. Uh, really, they, I thought they did a great job uh, getting $50 of money, $50 million of money. 50 wouldn't be, a mu- be much, but $50 million money of money going to these young players that was never there before. And not only that, you know, the biggest – minimum salary raise that we've ever seen from CBA to CBA. So definitely accomplish the goals there. You know, obviously, like you said, Fred, at the executive committee had their way, we'd still be negotiating. We'd still be locked out. I'm glad that they have that in their bylaws, that it can, they can be outvoted um, by the other league members there. So here we, you know, that's where we are now. And we've got a new CBA agreed upon. Also, like Alan said, there's still, other stuff to be negotiated, uh, an international draft, which I think needs to happen, uh, should happen, but they got still have some more negotiating to go on that. But I wanted to move into more of the on the field stuff, uh, things that will affect you know the games and the season, what you know most fans really care about, and I think the biggest thing out of all of this is that postseason has been expanded once again, and it's gone from. Uh, 10 teams now to 12 teams. Owners wanted 14 teams. Players got them to agree to 12. 
And the structure of this is you will have the top two division winners getting a bye, and the other teams will play a best-of-three wildcard series, uh, and then advancing forward, and then the playoffs would go like they normally do. So I know we're all a little bit old school in our baseball fandom, and I like the idea of having a smaller postseason, but this is inevitable because it makes a lot of money. Um, so I think, I think they've tried to do it the right way and giving the top two seeds, you know, something significant. Uh, it like a buy like this, you have to try to find ways when you're expanding postseason to make sure that the regular season, especially when baseball and you're playing 162 doesn't just become irrelevant. So, you know, we've talked about this offline before. It's, it's hard to do that, but I think they've at least tried to find a way to make that happen. I think there'll still be tweaks as we, go along but alan i'll give it to you first your thoughts on a 12 team expanded postseason that's probably about right in my thinking uh i would probably have preferred to keep it at 10 but i understand the nature of the beast and and the fact that they wanted to get a little bit more money in the postseason generate some more excitement keep more clubs in the hunt later perhaps uh i am glad that we are not at 14 teams although i think that uh, the player's proposal uh, to go with that had some merit. The idea that you'd have some uh, series that began one nothing for the better team would have preserved the idea of making a division title more meaningful or, uh, or making a better team more meaningful. If you schlep in at the, four, at the 13th or 14th spot, you probably deserve to be down one nothing when your series starts. So, yeah, I, I think that it avoids the way that the NBA, the NFL do their playoffs where they're just short of participation trophies for everybody. And I, I think that um, it, it should keep more interest going. That'll make the July trade deadline a little more interesting as well as you're going to have, in theory, um, more teams asking for help and fewer teams selling. So uh, that remains to be seen how that works out, but um, I think that'll probably do well. I'm not. I've never been a proponent of having a buy at the end of the season. Yeah, it does give you time to rest up a little bit, maybe uh, salvage uh, some players that have been uh, injured or or need need a break here and there, but. The idea of cooling off at the end of the season and waiting for up to a week, perhaps, before you get to play again tends to be a downer for some. Uh, often you can look at uh, the way playoffs have been going and see the hot team uh, continuing to be hot and going through a playoff series and, and staying um, on point as they go along without any breaks. The Atlanta Braves were like that uh, in 2021. Uh, I so I don't know that being off for a week necessarily gives you an advantage, but when you got 10 teams in, or sorry, 12 teams in the, the mix, you're going to have to do something. So I, I don't know that there's any other way to mix that. Yeah. And the one thing to keep in mind too, is with the way the situation is now with the current or the old playoff system now, I guess is, you know, you still had like a four day break between the end of this regular season and the postseason, So you still had that, break you know it's going to be interesting to see how they do it i think what i read is they're going to take two days off after the end of the regular season and one other, one other thing to mention too is there's no more 
uh, one game 163. They will do an NFL type tiebreaker because you can't because of that very reason you can't have a game 163 and then start a wild card series and then start the division rounds because that is a, a rather long break. So they've eliminated the game 163. Instead, tiebreakers will be done, you know, NFL type style um, to determine who gets to advance, which I don't love it. I like it being decided on the field, but I understand why uh, it has to be that way. But like I said, I believe what I've heard, and y'all can correct me if I'm wrong, that they're planning to take two days off, then start the the wild card series. And, you know, that's at least five days there. Then I guess there's going to be in a game in between. So, yeah, you're right, Alan. I mean, you're looking at possibly a full week, seven days between the end of the regular season and the first round, the teams who get a bye playing. That is a pretty long break in baseball, but I will just caution or remind you that it is already right now four or five days in between the regular season and when those division winners start to play. But, Brad, I know – Sorry, you, you you do make a good point, though, because uh, when we add the extra teams, there's much more possibilities for uh, ties and chaos to ensue. So uh, reducing that probably helps out the equation a little bit. Yeah, and, I, and like I said, I don't like it because I love the game 163. It's, it's a lot of fun and entertainment, but I, I understand why they have to take it out. Uh, Fred, I know you've uh, vehemently been against uh, – expanding the postseason so i'd like to hear your thoughts on 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 a 12 team postseason what are some of the disadvantages and advantages to uh to keeping it or making it 12 teams well i'm not i'm still not sure exactly i mean i read read the thing about well you know the three wild card games teams will play a a three-game series to determine uh and and i'm not sure how you do that with three teams playing a three-game series and then take the winner of the two three, two teams playing three game series each, and play them against the 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 I, the, I don't know uh, I <laughs> I'm I'm confused about how they do that now the head to head matchup in in soccer uh, in association football in Europe uh, if if you're tied at the end of the end of the year it's the head to head record and if the head to head record is the same it's goal difference. Uh, in which case it's run scored versus runs allowed. Uh, and, and in those, in those situations, you know, I'd rather see that than have this drag on into December 1st before we get a game played. I, when you've got 12 teams trying to fight for this, it stretches the season out, which is maybe something they need to address in the future. But in any case, it makes it really impractical to do this. Now they've got to play some of these games on the same days, starting in the afternoons. Because otherwise you are going to run out of time. And uh, one of the funniest things about this is they're screaming about they want to get more people involved in it, and then they start the games too late for the people that need to be involved in them to see them, which is the kids. I, you know, I don't know that they're going to make anything over this beside the eighty-five million dollars that they got from ESPN for having a twelve-team a twelve-team playoff. They announced last year they had already sold the rights to a fourteen-team and a twelve-team, so we were going to get one of the two. It was always going to happen. Um, I, I'm with Alan. I think 10 teams is better. Uh, and I, I still think that the schedule and the league balance and everything's got to, ha- got to be changed eventually because we keep tripping over ourselves by trying to, trying to pour a pint of water into a, into a plastic baggie and carry it around and tell us it's just ready to make a mess everywhere. I, you know, I just think this is, I hate to see it degrade the quality any further than it already is. Um, 
but it, there's nothing we can do about it, so we just have to hope for the best. Yeah, like I said, it's it's always gonna happen. Um, I you know I'm okay. like I love baseball and I think playoff baseball is great, but I'm also one of the people I'm gonna watch 162 regardless. I do worry what it does about for other fans because I don't watch regular season NBA or NFL. I barely watch their postseasons, but I definitely don't watch NBA regular season for the most part because it doesn't really matter because <laughs> half the league's gonna make. The postseason, I think especially now, I think like 10 teams from each league make the postseason. So I, I hope it doesn't get to that point in baseball. I don't think it will. I don't think this does that. I hope what I hope happens is that it just really puts more emphasis on being one of those top two seeds. And, you know, I've been somewhat critical of Alex in the past because he's just waited till the trade deadline to improve his team. Now maybe you see general managers do that a lot sooner because you can't afford to fall behind if you're looking to get one of those top two seeds. So I'm hoping that's what happens. I'm hoping that you're going to see more of the mid-market teams spend money to go for it, to get in the postseason, because getting in the postseason is a big deal. Uh, even if it is just two games, if, especially if you get those two games at home, I mean, that's that's a big deal for a lot of fans. It's a big deal for for revenue um, so I do hope you see that again, I'm hoping we'll have to see how it plays out, but this is what I'm hoping happens with these expanded postseason. So, uh, I can't wait to see what happens. Also those wildcard teams, they're going to have to use their best starters and that's going to throw off their rotation for the next round. So again, that gives those division winners even more of an advantage there. So I, I like it uh, again. I, I would be okay staying with four teams making making the postseason um you know i'm all i'm all for you know making the regular season more important but again it was inevitable i think what they have in place is going to do just fine i'm excited to see how it plays out to the next big on the field topic though and that is the universal dh and you know not really anything of a surprise alan but it is official and you know it's a big deal for again us kind of old school fans who you know like the national league style of the game that is officially out of baseball and to me that's a it's a big deal it's a it's a bit sad um again i've come around on it and i i understand why because you have the mike fulton evages of the world who just don't care a lick about hitting and should never be in a batter's box again. And so I understand that fans don't want to see that. Uh, but it is a little sad for me because I'm going to miss the National League style of baseball. But the Universal DH is here, Alan. Your thoughts? I guess we'll still see Max Fried get a swing or two here and there. So mm-hmm. <laughs> there will be that at least. But, yeah, um, congratulations, Braves. Marcelo Zuna is now your designated hitter, uh, mm-hmm. barring another outfield pickup. So he's back. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it it is going to be good for Atlanta, I think, and that is because they've got enough hitting to, to go around that way. At least um, it looks like so on paper so far. Obviously, a few things have to be still dealt with that way, but um, we'll talk about that later maybe. But I I can imagine a lineup that has um, 
the the extra slugger in it, and certainly in the playoffs we saw how that worked out for the Braves because they were knocking balls all over the yard in clutch situations, and and that helped out. I don't know that uh, there's going to be too many National League clubs that are going to be as well situated for as as Atlanta is in in those terms, but uh, that's why they've gotten good results in the last couple of years is is by the offense. So. Yes, I bemoan the day that the, that this happened back in December or so. I wrote up a uh, piece that uh, talked about all the the hitting records from pitchers over the years, and because I w- was figuring, okay, this is it. Uh, these records are going to stand the test of time at this point. So it's sad day, but an inevitable day because the last holdout has fallen. The National League as as a officially ceased to exist as far as its legacy and the DH is now uh, reigning supreme. Long live the king. Yep. And I mean, it's look, the DH has played at every level now. I mean, it, it had to happen again, Fred. I'm, I'm not even going to say I'm sad that it happened. I think I've given up on that, you know, a long time ago. And like I said, I, I understand why it has to be in the game now, but uh, the DH is official in the National League. Uh, no more Wascari Noah home runs and all of the excitement. Bartolo Colon home runs. That is now off the table. We will now see a 220 hitter in that DH spot at the bottom of the order from, from here on out. Yeah, uh, and, and Orlando Arcia hitting in that spot is going to make a big difference. No. I, 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 I laugh at some of the stuff that's coming out. Well, this is going to be great for the older players because the league is going to sign those older players to be in the DH. No, they're not. No, they're not. They're not going to do that. The number of older players who are capable of DHing is very, very tiny. We see them around. There's one here. Nelson Cruz is there. You know, a big poppy was there. Uh, there was, but most of the DHs, most of the teams are going to rotate the DH through the position players and give them a day off with it. That's what most teams are going to do. They're stuck with somebody like who, who doesn't know how to put a glove on. Uh, so there's not going to be a big rush to sign all those over-the-hill guys who can't fall down and hit the ground anyway for, for contracts that are well, well beyond what they're worth. That just isn't going to happen except unless you're like some somebody who really doesn't care about money. Hello, Mr. Cohen. Now, um, having said that, uh, I understand why they did it. I knew it was coming. I've resigned myself to this, uh, and the reason for it coming is because the same reason we've got all these relief pitchers pitching now and don't have anybody who can start. At the very lowest levels, that's how we're teaching our players to play. Um, so it's been that way. It's better that it's the same way across both leagues, especially since next year we're going to play the teams in the other league, as uh, every team in, the, in both leagues at least once. Uh, so it's got to happen. I'm sort of resigned to it happening, but I, I will – I will be really amazed if there's a lot of big big dollar contracts for old players to be DHs around when you have when every team is resting backup catchers, their first baseman, their corner out, everybody who's got a little niggle that like to sit down is going to get a day off, and that's basically everybody on the team. So, you know, the days of Freddie playing 162 games, whoever he plays for next year, are long gone, 
Uh, you're not going to see Riley play 162 games. Darno would be lucky to play 81. Uh, Manny Pena be lucky to play 81. You're going to see other players in that, and I just, I just don't see, I don't see the DH being a thing. As far as the Braves being able to hit, well, you know they don't have a left-handed hitter in the, on the roster right now, aside from, aside from a couple of switch hitters. So, I just, <laughs> I wonder about that, um, and I don't think that can stand. Um, but uh, get to work, Alex, and sign some people. I don't know, and don't sign a DH because we've already got Ozuna. What a mess! Yeah, um, I mean, I guess that is the one. I don't even want to call it a bright spot, but they have Ozuna who fits the DH spot perfectly. But I agree with you, Fred. You know, more likely it's going to be just getting a player a day off here or there. But I wanted to just briefly mention the rest of the uh, key items from the CBA. We mentioned the draft lottery. There will now be a draft lottery for six, the first six picks. Um, also, the draft is going to stay at 20 rounds, which is where it was this past year. <clears throat> Players can be optioned a maximum of five times during the season, which I think is a pretty big deal. You're going to see less of players getting shuttled back and forth. No more seven-inning doubleheaders and no more uh, runner on second base to start extra innings, uh, which I'm Hallelujah. very much for. <laughs> yes, <that's, laughs> certainly uh, can rejoice with that one. And as far as the money stuff goes, you have a pre-arb pool at $50 million, which I believe goes to the top 100 players uh, in the pre in that are pre-arbitration eligible. You have the minimum minimum salary starting at seven hundred thousand, increasing twenty million a year over five years, and the collective balance tax threshold starts at two hundred thirty million and will reach all the way up to two hundred and forty four million after five years. So those are some more of the key elements from the CBA. Alan, I'll let you go first. Anything else you wanted to talk about, or anything of any of those items that you wanted to discuss? Well, I already mentioned that the competitive balance tax uh, figures seem to favor the players. The uh, MLB tried to lower that and uh, were unsuccessful. And in fact, we've got an increase now. So I, I think that's good. Even so, we we had some of these executive committee players that uh, decided that wasn't enough at all anyway. Well, too bad. Besides which, they those guys uh, like Lindor and Scherzer uh, have an owner who doesn't give a rip about the penalty, so he's going to spend the money anyway. So yeah, all along, I think that competitive balance tax uh, was a bit of a red herring because it was the league trying to impose rules on its own membership and impose discipline on its own membership. And uh, there's obviously an el- a few elements that don't wish to uh, be restrained. And yet there's uh, some teams at the bottom that uh, not only wanted the re- restraints, but didn't want to be told how little they could spend either. So it, it was overall, I think it's still a good win for the players. There are some key elements that are still undefined, such as once you get beyond the award winners for these rookies and and first, second year players that uh, uh, are uh, eligible for these bonuses, the idea that war is going to be used to differentiate who gets bonus and who, who doesn't is interesting, but it doesn't define what yet, what war, whose war, how you, you know, make up the formula, etc. So we're going to have to see how that comes out in the next few days or, or weeks, I, I presume. But all in all, I'm 
I think this is good for the players, and uh, I'm hoping they uh, react uh, as well uh, with that. The one other thing that we hadn't talked about that I can think of right now is the arbitration uh, cases. We have still, at this date, not gotten to the point where players and teams have exchanged numbers on salaries for arbitration-eligible players. And that's going to have to be deferred, it looks like. Uh, my fear was that uh, we were just simply going to run out of time to be able to do that. Well, they came up with a novel solution. They're going to exchange figures, and the player will start receiving the lower salary to begin with. And if it goes to court and there's an award in the player's favor, then the adjustment will be made. But it gives both sides at least time to develop their case before the arbiter and do it at uh, you know reasonable uh, pace instead of hurrying it up this weekend. Now, that said, it also has the possibility of causing some issues if a player were to lose a case during the season and then go into a funk uh, about it. So it, it will remain to be seen as to how that all plays out, but that's at least a creative solution to handle the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for mentioning that. Um, that is a big deal, something that I hadn't even thought about until I saw somebody tweet about it earlier that you still have these arbitration hearings to go through. And there's a lot out there still to be to de- decided. But before we get into the offseason and where the Braves could go next, Freddie Freeman, um, Fred, anything else you wanted to talk about from this, this CBA? Well, there's uh, uh, the owners did stick in a third level uh, surcharge, as they call mm-hmm. it. They're calling this the Steve Cohen tax. Um, for people who exceed that third level are going to get, uh, have, uh, lose their firstborn child and be, be, have to spend a week in Russia. I don't know what the penalties are for it. I just know that they, they added, uh, another level, another surcharge level, uh, to the, to the thing to, to, to rein in the Steve Cohen's of the world, uh, on that. The, uh, draft lottery folks, uh, the small markets can only be in the lottery for two consecutive years. Large markets can only be in it for one year, uh, before and going to the 10th place. Uh, that's again, that's to try to push the small team, small market teams and the, the, t- the worst teams down where they get, get higher draft picks. Um, they're not trading draft picks yet, which is something I sort of thought might happen this time around, but didn't. So really, that's that's about it. I mean, there's more to shake out of this. Alan, they're going to average war, as I understood it. They're going to take an average of the two most popular wars, which is the one Baseball uh-huh. Reference uses and the one Fangraphs uses. I don't know whether Baseball Perspective is out there beating on the door, but most of the people <laughs> who kept most of the people who calculate war hate this idea. <laughs> and uh, I saw one writer say he's not voting in the awards anymore because it affects contracts. I have a flash for him. It's always affected the contracts when you're voting for Cy Young, MVP. All those all those awards that the BBWA voted on affected the contracts in the coming years. So, uh, yeah, I, I appreciate you having uh, uh, standards and you're sticking up for them. And, yeah, you, but it's not going to make any difference. Um, so that's really all I've got on that. I would like to mention that uh, Odalis Perez uh, pitched for the Braves. From uh, 98 through 2001, he missed a year due to injury. Um, he was found dead today. He apparently fell off a ladder at his house, smacked his head. Um, Perez was a good rot- good guy for the rotation for the Braves. He moved to the Dodgers, pitched there for a long time. Um, dependable sort of fourth and fifth starter, always willing to take the ball, give you 150, 200 innings a year. 
uh, when he was younger. Um, our our thoughts and prayers go out to the uh, uh, family of Dallas Perez, and uh, I know the Braves country uh, uh, hated to see that. So on that sad note, I'll kick it back to you, Jake. Yeah, thanks for setting me up with that, uh, Fred. But uh, I did wanted to at least briefly talk about the off season. Um, obviously, we've previewed this a lot before the lockout, but the off season's picking up, and it's going to be a really fun week, two weeks. I don't know uh, when it actually stopped, but it sounds like it's getting going uh, pretty quickly already on Thursday night. John Morosi tweeting, free agency talks are extremely busy, in the words of one agent, that we're only two hours into the market in a busy weekend ahead. So expect a lot of moves. going to be a lot of fun. Obviously, the number one thought for all Braves fans out there is what's going to happen with Freddie Freeman. We've seen some rumors around there that perhaps the Yankees could move quickly on him, that they're very interested in him. I think there'll be a lot of teams interested in him. For some reason, he was the one player that there was news about throughout the entire offseason, even though nobody could talk to anybody. Um, so certainly, you know, he's going to get a lot of buzz. I'm interested, and we kind of briefly touched on this before we started recording when we did the pre-podcast, you know, with how quickly things are going to go, you know, could this help the Braves in negotiations? I, I don't know, Alan. It, it'll be kind of tricky. I mean, players are expected to report by Sunday. I mean, we're we're coming up on opening day quickly already. You know, Freddie's waited this long, like uh, Fred had said before we started recording. You know, I feel like he needs to hold out to get his best deal, but back's kind of up against the wall here. Kind of, but he's, he's still holding all the cards because teams have not spent – their fullest uh, amount that they want to do yet. I'm hearing Yankees. I'm hearing Dodgers. I'm not, of course, we never hear anything from the Braves. But uh, there was some sort of thought I saw earlier tonight that the Braves were reluctant to even offer him a fifth year, and yet we've been trying to urge them to go six years in a contract at least. If Alex Anthopoulos doesn't go six years, I don't think he gets him. Yeah, I was thinking, well, the mandatory reporting date's the 13th. We start playing spring games the 17th. April 7th is opening day. That's not a lot of time to get acclimated to a new team, to a new city, uh, all that stuff. But he is a California guy. He he has a house there. He does have a house in Atlanta. But uh, I mean, he's got some money, so money can solve some of those logistical problems. It's just going to come down to probably – do the Braves give him a reasonable offer? And right now, reasonable for me is six years and something in their $28 million range. Or do, do they want to move their family um, to New York, Los Angeles, wherever, pick up, pick up stakes and move? I really have no idea what to expect here, but uh, as I say, he's holding all the cards. He's He can do this decision on his own pace. He All he has to do is sit back and listen for the phone to ring. So we'll keep touch, keep in touch with that, but I suspect that by Sunday or Monday, we'll, we'll know the answer. Yeah, uh, for sure. I, I think it does happen quick, and I think there will be a lot of suitors involved at this point but fred how are you feeling about freddie freeman possibly coming back to the Braves? you feeling optimistic or less so i'm i'm not optimistic at this point look uh, we talked about this before the show freddie they should have had this contract done last year they sat on it for whatever reason they there was 
I mean, they they have enough money coming in to cover any contract they want to put on him. They had it last year. They knew that. It was always going to be a question of when they wanted to pull the trigger on this. Uh, I hope I'm as wrong about that as I was when I wrote that post today that said these two sides are fighting like children over there and aren't going to agree on anything. Uh, but <laughs> I just I just think that, you know, you've already disrespected Freeman. And, and why do you do that to the face of your franchise? Why do you not talk to him and say, this is where we can go. Can we get there somehow? And I just don't see that's happening. The flip side of that is, well, I'll just go get Matt Olson. Okay, I'm going to ask you a question. Hands up, everybody who thinks Alex Anthopoulos will trade two top 100 products and uh, prospects and two really good prospects for two years of Matt Olson. Not happening. See, seeing no hands, seeing no hands, I'll move on. So you're going to end up with some kind of um, substitute for that. If you don't get Freddie, you're going to get an Anthony Rizzo, who's a very nice fella. But uh, the lineup for the last five years when the team has been champions, division champions in the postseason, that lineup circles around Freddie Freeman. He's the anchor. He's the guy. He's the one all the players on the field turn to when things are bad. And when you pull him out, you're pulling out more than a first baseman and 25 homers. You're pulling out the heart from the middle of that team. And as good as Acuna is and as good as Albies is and the way that uh, Riley's come on is wonderful, but you tell me who you plug in in place of Freddie Freeman who's going to do both jobs. And I don't see anybody. So I'm not confident about it. Um, I hope I'm wrong. I, I really hope that they sign him tomorrow morning, give him 6 at 185, which is what I said he deserves all along and what I think he wants. I think he would take that. But uh, if, there's, if they're putzing around on this, the Dodgers, the Rangers, the Rangers have already spent a boatload of money and they raised the luxury tax and they got more money to spend. So the Rangers, the Yankees, the Dodgers, the, the Astros, all those teams have money. And all those teams can can use a first baseman, left-handed hitter like him. I just think that they snooker themselves. They got themselves painted in the corner, whatever kind of cliche you want to use on this. And I, I hope I'm drastically wrong, but I I think they've already lost this battle. Yeah, we need Fred to go ahead and write the article about Freddie Freeman's not coming back to Atlanta so he can do what he I'll, did. I'll do that. That would be good. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead and re- yeah, reverse jinx that now. So, I mean, I'm right there with you, Fred. I this still should have been done a long time ago. Again, we've talked about that a ton, and there's just no replacing him. Uh, I mean, I kid if you could go get Matt Olson, then maybe you're replacing him for the next two years, but I just don't see that happening, and I don't see Alex, like you said, giving up the prospects to make that deal happen, and then there's really nobody out there um, that can replace Freddie Freeman, and especially from the left side and this this lineup already doesn't have enough left-handed hitters as it is and then you take one of the That's best ones in right the game now. out of it right yeah so and you know you could say Ozzy Albies but it's a switch hitter but you know that's really not his best side statistically so yeah the Braves don't have a true left-handed hitter i think they not only need to get Freddie Freeman they need to get Rosario or Conforto or another left-handed bat for the outfield as well on top of that. But I'm hopeful they get Freddie Freeman. Hope they get it done. I think they can get it done for, for less than even what you said, Fred. I think 6170, I think could get it done. 
maybe Alex does five years in an option for a sixth and gets it done, but sounds like it needs to at least be five years, and it does worry me that there is a report, uh, albeit from a, a source I've never even heard of, that says that the Braves are barely going you know, to fourth year. So I, I don't know. Uh, that makes me a little worrisome, but we also hear nothing out of the Braves camp. So any rumor you hear about the Braves in these next couple of weeks, take them with a huge grain of salt because the Braves don't leak anything. So that's where we are with the Freeman situation. I do think it gets resolved very quickly. Um, but, Alan, I'll send it back to you. Just any other thoughts on the, the offseason, anything else real quick before we wrap things up? The Braves are going to be in a precarious position roster-wise for the first month or two. Um, Charlie Morton's had some extra time to work himself back from his uh, broken leg injury. I think he should be just about ready to go, but might need a little delay to get started. Uh, Ronald Acuna Jr., we haven't heard exactly when he might become available, but my suspicion is about the 1st of May or so. Uh, the other aspects of it is I, I still think they – need an extra reliever there. So I, I still expect a flurry of moves, maybe another starting pitcher or two, because you're never going to be too deep in a situation where you don't have much spring training to get people ready. Uh, whether we get an extra outfielder or not is an interesting part of the equation. So I, I think there's still some other things that need to be done. My my pipe dream here, if Freeman is not signed, is, yeah, maybe you do go to Oakland and talk about Matt Olson, but you don't talk about only Matt Olson. You would talk about him in addition to a center fielder, perhaps, a starting pitcher, perhaps, uh, maybe take one of their bad contracts and see if you can make things more palatable for them, but that's going to be a tough sell, and whoever gets Matt Olson, and by the way, I think he's going to be traded somewhere, um, is going to have to spend a whole lot to get him in terms of prospects, and then turn around in two years and pay him the kind of money you'd have to pay Freeman also, which is exactly why it doesn't make sense to go get him. But that's all what I'm looking forward to is the fact that uh, Atlanta needs to get some bolstering to the lineup to be able to weather the first month or so of the season while they really, truly get everybody back. And I'm not counting on um, Mike Soroka. He's going to have to be brought along with kid gloves, and we'll just you – know, anything you get out of him I think is going to be a bonus. Yeah, absolutely. Another thing you kind of mentioned there, and, again, we've talked about this too, is that you're going to have a shortened spring training. You know, I worry about starting pitchers getting stretched out properly – and either way, I think they're going to be on a very serious limit to start the season. And that's why I think that it would be best for the Braves to go out and get another starter, uh, somebody that can eat some innings, somebody that can, um, you know, help try to ease that transition. Maybe even go to a six man rotation to start the year as you try to ease some of these starting pitchers into the season which is already a delayed spring training, and I don't want to see more arms getting busted up over this. So, you know, hopefully they have put a put a plan in place to make sure that they don't overtax these starters. They let them come along as they normally would in a normal spring training and ramp them up like that. So I would definitely push for getting another starting pitcher, maybe even two, uh, to kind of help alleviate some of that early in the year. But, Fred, your thoughts on the next couple of days, the offseason, for the Braves. 
if you look at the Braves roster right now, the only left-handed hitters on the on forty man on the forty man roster are uh, pitchers, uh, and that's not going to fly. They they need to get another left-handed bat. They need a center fielder because frankly, the thought of Adam Duvall in center field does not fill me with joy and happiness. Adam's a nice guy, uh, but he's a corner outfielder. Solaire, everybody wants Jorge back, and I love Jorge Solaire for what he did, and Eddie Rosario for what he did. Uh, Rosario is a better option, too, because he is left-handed if you're going to go do that, but he's not a center fielder either. That means you're going to trade for somebody, or you're going to play Heredia in center field, uh, which is where you're probably going to start anyway. Heredia is probably going to be in the outfield. Along, along, Well, if you look at the roster right now, you've probably got uh, Ozuna as the DH, Duvall in right, uh, Heredia in center, and uh, Drew Waters or uh, Christian Pache or Orlando Arcia at, in the, out there if Arcia is not playing first base or Manny Pena is not playing first base. <laughs> there are some significant holes in that roster. And this this the time that he would have used to fix this is gone. Now he's got to do something that's outside of his, outside. when I say to his, Alex Anthopoulos' uh, happy spot. This is not his happy spot right now. He doesn't like to jump out and make big deals uh, on the spur of the moment. But as you said earlier, I don't think when you get to the get to the end of July uh, uh, with 12 teams, you know, with six teams from the NL going to be in the in the playoffs, I don't see how you're going to find uh, a quality first baseman or a quality pitcher out there. I think you'll go out and try to find a pitcher. Uh, he needs at least one starting pitcher. I think the bullpen will be all right, uh, but uh, I just this is just going to be um, chaos, and it's, it's going to be unscripted chaos because they they haven't done this since 1995. So it's going to be just something you want to stand back and and keep your barf bags angry because boy, it may not turn out pretty. Yeah, I certainly uh, agree with all of that. There, I, I'm just really excited. It's been a tough couple of months here during this lockout i'm excited to see what these next couple of weeks unfold and to get baseball back and uh, obviously get into the swing of things and get back to to writing about actual baseball news instead of arguing over who gets to divide up all the money that i give to major league baseball and the players so i am excited about this i was running around the house just pumped up once the deal got done and i'm ready for this hot stove season now that's going to be a lot of fun for the next week or so and then spring training getting going so that will do it for this episode of the tomahawk take podcast we'll be covering all of this offseason frenzy over at tomahawktake.com so make sure you're checking out the website daily hourly i think it's going to be that crazy <laughs> of a hot stove here so make sure that you are locked in at tomahawktake.com and we will talk to you next week This has been the Oh, What a Relief It Is That Baseball's Back edition of the Tomahawk Take Podcast, which is a production of TomahawkTake.com and Fansided LLC, a subsidiary of Minute Media Inc. Opinions expressed on the show today are solely those of the participants, as we've rejected Minute Media's proposals on that subject. But at least we're all now locked in and ready to roll. All rights reserved. One of the musical selections used today comes to you under the auspices of the Creative Commons license, terms of which are available at creativecommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 4.0. 
This was a piece by Kevin McLeod entitled Gold Rush, which was modified to fit the available space. His works are featured at incompetech.filmmusic.io. All other musical selections used come via rights already purchased by TomahawkTake.com. Thanks for tuning into the podcast today, and may your favorite left-handed bat land himself a job with your favorite Georgian team. Meanwhile, Braves baseball is back this week, so we'll see you next time. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.